Okay, one last uh, segment. This Shabbos, Yudzayin Shvat, is the yard site of one of the great luminaries of the Jewish people, someone who in recent years I've uh, become very enamored with, Reb Chaim Falaji. Um, a number of years ago, I had this chus to go to his kever in Izmir in Turkey, which I'm, people ask me, you know, are you happy? Are you happy you went there? I said, now that I'm back, I'm very happy that I went there. Um, right now, I would say I would not go again, not in this climate. I'm not sure if uh, at the time I went, it was it was scary for a number of reasons. But I always had it, I always had a real desire to go to the big four Svardik Goinim. I've been to Rabavadi Yosef many times in uh, the Sanhedria Vesakvaris. I've been to the Benish Chai's uh, Kever. Um, Benish Chai, well, actually, he has two Kvarim. So the one on Harazesim, I was at. The one in Baghdad, I haven't made it to yet. I was at the Kever of the Chida, of course, many times in Harmanuchais. I always wanted to go to Reb Chaim Falaji, and I was uh, zoicha to go there a couple years ago. And Reb Chaim Falaji is an amazing personality. What really I'm enamored with is the breadth of subjects that he writes about. First of all, he wrote 72 Svarim. So I always like to say that his yard site always comes out the week of Parshas Yisrael because Parshas Yisrael has 72 Psukim. The only thing is, I thought it always worked out, but this year, everything is off. You see, even we had in the Chumash year, one of the great Ga'inim said, two Bishvat is always between Bishalach and Yisrael. Uh, not this year, <laughs> right? But Surah Chaim Falaji's yard site is always between Bishalach and Yisrael. Just this year, you know, everything's haywire. But I think uh, we could connect Rav Chaim Falaji's yard site to this week also, because we know that Hashem split the Yamsuf with the shame 72. Reb Chaim Falaji started writing at the age of 16 years old. He lived from, 18, from 1788 to 1858. So he lived 70 years. And in the year 1841, most of his books that he wrote were, were destroyed in a fire. We're talking about manuscripts before they were published. And a student of his risked his life to save 14 of them. But he became depressed after that. And he was literally could not get out of bed. And his son, Rabbi Ram Falaji, knew how prodigious his father's memory was. He sat beside his father for a month and he reviewed to him a very big chilek of his svarim that were burnt, and then it restored Reb Chaim Falaji's health. Every time Reb Chaim Falaji put out a sefer, he made a suda, and he made a shachianu, and when he was 80 years old, so according to that, he had to live till 1868, then he put out the sefer Kol HaChayim, which Kol HaChayim is about how to prepare for your final journey, and he says something uh, really amazing. Actually, I have over here a sefer. How's this? Could you read it? I got a new um, 
I got a new camera, so it should be very sharp. Yeah? I got a real I got the best camera for you guys, not for me. I, I don't need to see myself. But I wanted everyone to see. And soon you'll be able to read the Maramakoimois even clearer, because I'm getting a, a better screen even. I want everyone to see the tiny letters. This is a safer Tsavo Mechaim. Mm. But the thing is, let me see if I could adjust the settings. How's that? That's better, right? Yeah, it's uh, readable. It's, it's legible. It's legible. Tava mechayim, right? Yeah. Um, this is the ethical will of Reb Chaim Falaji. And he says something in Ois Yud Beis, on Daf Chesam Beis. He says, Meir ani alai shemaim v'aretz. I call to testimony heaven and earth. Kimi that from the day that my seichel kicked in, ben shana, until I was twenty years old, I was diligent to my learning day and night, built shum without any distraction. I did not get involved in any worldly pursuit. And then from twenty until forty, I had to support my family. I was an apotropis. I was involved in other uh, secular pursuits in terms of supporting my family. But when I had a moment, I did not turn to any levity or laughter or dvaram batala, but I was back to my learning. From 40 and up, and I, I entered to be a dayan and a shoifet and a marat sedek, and to be involved with Sarche Rabim until today, I have a tremendous oil hat sibor. I don't have even a moment without distraction from Balei Dinim, from the tzib, from the tzibor, and from other things. And even though it seems like he gave over certain rabbinical responsibilities to. Uh, to other Rabbanim who were appointed by the Malchus, still, it's still, I, um, the oil hat sibur is tremendous. He says, It really pains me that I'm not able to learn Torah the way I would want to. Um, he says, what, what consoles me is what the Knesset Hagdoila writes in Yeridea that he heard from his father that when he had a lot of things that he was busy with and he couldn't learn, he would open one sefer and he would read one line or two lines just to Mekayim So you see, if someone is Oisek B'Tzarchit Sibor, you're Pater from Talmud Torah. Then he says, There was no drush or psak din that I wrote. He says that Hashem Yisbarach was mezakami to write many, many svarim. All of the svarim that I wrote, he says, was with tremendous pressure and tremendous hardship and tremendous responsibility. And he says, if you have a question on, on what I wrote, doin oisi lekafschus, I did not have Yishuv Hadas. 
I did not have Yishevadas. He says, even for one day and one night, even on Shabbos and Yom Tif, everything I wrote was all Be'ezer V'siyu'a Kelid Suri Magini Shaloi Kederach Teva. He says, anything I wrote was above and beyond nature. It's not humanly possible. Says, if you think you're surprised at what I did, even I can't believe I did it. Doesn't make sense that I was able to do it. And he says like this, something uh, very poignant. If a man or a woman would come to me, and sometimes people come and they pour out their heart, And only God knows that I'm sitting there listening, but I'm in tremendous pain that they're they're robbing me of my time. But I never rush them. And I never say, okay, I understand what's bothering you. You know, please, uh, I got, I get it. I have things to do. No, I never did that. I was afraid, said Rav Chaim Falaji, that it would be embarrassing to them. And I'm not being mishtatev with the tsar. And we hold derecheretz kadma l'tayra. You hear this? The, my cordiality to the people is more important than Taira. Even though Chazal say one of the Memches Kenyane Taira is Miyot Derech That's if you're Memayit in Derech your own Derech what you need for your own personal comfort but not if it affects other people. Wow, that's uh, that's very powerful. By the way, Rabbi Avram Falaji writes, the way um, um, he says, uh, this is also very powerful. He says, why am I telling this to you? You know, why does everybody know, why, why does everybody need to know about my personal uh, behavior? Um, he says, the reason why I'm telling it to you, Mimenu, Yiru, V'chein Yasu, V'voy Aleichem Tirdus Rabbis, Me'at Sibar, V'ayechidim, everyone should learn from this, that if you have uh, if you're busy, you're preoccupied, you have a lot of things vying, vying for your attention, don't say, okay, you know, I'll I'll involve myself in learning and in Ruchnias later when I have more time on my hands. No. At the time that you're busiest, that's the time you should involve yourself in Ruchnias. Don't say, yeah, I'll have time later, I'll get it later. No. Now's the time. Because even I can't understand how I was able to accomplish all these things when I was at my busiest um, times in my life. Okay, it's interesting that the Rebchaim Falaji's son writes that his hanhaga with his family members was unparalleled. He was never makbid on anything in the house. He always was mafayis, every all the household members, even little children. Each one he gave what they needed, what they were missing. Sometimes you gave one child like 
a little extra in private, not to arouse jealousy. And uh, he never was Makbid from the, the children, the children uh, screaming or or their or their sa'akais. He would call each child every morning that they should say the Berchus Hashachar for him. And they would say all their tefillahs for him, Bakal Ram. And with great savlanas, he was Makayim, Vishinantem Levanecha, Levne Vanecha. And he was them for Yeras Hashem and Avodah Sabayre. And one of the things that he emphasized to his children um, very much is they should never mock anyone, they should not insult anyone, and they should be careful with their time. He records in the Sefer Toichach Chaim that he once had a dream of uh, one of the members of Izmir, one of the one of the uh, one of the uh, residents of his community um, appeared to him in a dream. And one of the residents of his community appeared to him in a dream, and he was in a very good place in Oilam Haba. And Rechaim Falaji says, you know, how do you get there? What do you do to deserve that? And he said, I was always careful to be mechabed my workers, and I didn't stress them out too much, and I did not subjugate them cruelly and with Avoida The last Simchas Torah of his life, when they read in the Torah, Asher Beirach Moshe Eshalekim, Lifnei Moisai, he broke out crying when they got to the Pasuk, Vayomas Sham Moshe. A few days before his Katira, he called the Rashi Hakal and he uh, set forth before them his Sava that they should read at his Levaya in the, in the morning. On the 17th of Shvat, Tafresh Chavches, 1868, he got up in the morning, he davened with a minion, he gave his shiurim until chatzos, he asked for a cup of milk, he washed his hands, he made a shahakal, he leaned his head on his right hand, and with a smile on his face, he returned his soul to HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Shamayim. Rabbi Sayyid Hizakhroy Baruch, Zuchusa Yagin Aleno, I wish you all a good shabbat.